After constantly being bombarded with emails, phone calls, and text messages on a daily basis asking, what would you do? Sometimes it's an, oh crap, I made a mistake, help me. And sometimes it's just a question about the latest technology and do we feel it's worth the investment? We want to help answer all of these questions. So welcome to What Would Larry Do? featuring Dr. Ann. We'll be interviewing experts in the industry to help answer the questions that you desire to know the answers to. And now, it's time for What Would Larry Do? featuring Dr. Ann. Hello, and welcome to What Would Larry Do? I'm Dr. Ann, and I am here with Larry Helwig. And uh, today we are going to talk about a topic that is near and dear to Larry's heart. (laughs) It certainly is. (laughs) What are we talking about today, Larry? Hair loss. (laughs) Oh, it's frustrating. So uh, we are going to get into it. We're going to delve into hair loss and what you do about it. But it's probably, it's going to turn out to be two podcasts. So today we'll talk about hair, what it is, what happens, some of that type of stuff. And then on the next one, kind of the emotion behind it, which is crazy Mm -hmm. you know it's way more emotional than almost you know face body whatever that that's what we have found and uh so we're going to cover that and then what you can do about it uh uh surgically and Mm non-surgically so i it's 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 been a fun thing for us to get into but wow educational it's it's really something so so what, what i find is you know when you're growing up, no one is thinking about hair grafting. You know, it's just, that's, you know, you're, you're growing up, all these things are going on in your life, and, you know, your hair is there. You're you not know? thinking just, about hair loss in general. Yeah, I mean, why why would I, right? You know, I've got hair, I've got plenty of hair, you know, it's all good. You're not thinking about losing it. And that comes as a big shock. But as you age, you know, your back gets sore more often. Your (laughs) knees start to wear a little bit. Uh, You know, all your body parts start to hurt a little bit, a little bit more. You you go out and play flag football and you think you've just, you know, been tackled by the entire Cardinal football team. So everything, it has a bigger effect. And I, I can't remember if it was early 30s when I noticed that my one-day hangover became two. Oh, my gosh. Or three. Yeah. I mean, it's like, <laughs> what the hell? You know, I, you go out and you drink and you party with your friends and you do all that. And the next day, you know, you're not going to feel your best. But, you know, by the afternoon, you get it going and what have you. Yeah. I was going to yeah. say the one-hour hangover becomes a three-day hangover. Yeah. So... Things change as, and it does on your head as well. Mm-hmm. There are very, very few people who go through life with the same hair. I know one, one person. I know exactly who you're talking about. God. And his hair is it, just always been wild. He's got this bush on his head <laughs> that is freaking insane. You know, he's over 70 years old oh, now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've known him for many, many years. We used to work together. And he always had white hair, but he, or gray, gray, white, but he had monster hair. I mm-hmm. mean, he just, it was 
thick like you can't believe. Yeah. And, you know, over the years, you you'd ex- you always look, and is that a wig or what the hell? You, you know, it's still there. Yeah. And the last time I saw him, he has every single hair that I saw, you know, 15 years <laughs> ago. I mean, it's like he It reminds a- me of Jay Leno. Yeah. Jay Leno's the only other person I've ever seen like that. Same thing. He's always had this white hair, but man, does he still have a lot of hair. Yeah. It's like incredible. Yeah. And that's not normal. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of us get screwed, don't we, Larry? We get screwed and there's all kinds of things going on with hair. And and so we're, we'll talk a little bit about some of those things. We won't go into crazy detail. But yeah, a lot of stuff is going on with your hair. One of the things is... If you have male pattern baldness, many times it will show up by the time you're 30. Mm-hmm. You have, you know, you have balding in the front, you have balding on the top, you have balding in the in the dome, you have, you know, you have a wreath going around your head of the, hair. The George Costanza it. look? You have the George look. That's exactly <laughs> right. And so when you look at people, you, you see that. Many times for the for the Georges of the world, that started in their <laughs> 30s or before. Mm-hmm. And so by the time they hit 30, they, they had that look yep. for many of them. Okay. And so it, statistically, about 50% of all people have, you know, uh, thinning hair or hair loss. Uh, and that's men, over 20 million women. Yeah, and but I think fifty percent of men have the hair loss by age fifty. Yeah, that's that's a that's a, short, a young it's, number. Yeah, and it's it's a big number percentage wise, but at age fifty to have fifty percent, you know, one out of every two guys out there, you know, have already lost a substantial amount of hair, and uh, and and that's that is it, and that's the way it works, and. Mm-hmm. Most people don't realize that there are some basic things you can do about it, and we'll get into more details yeah. of all the things you can do later. But 20 million women is the number that you've brought up. And actually, what gave me the idea for this podcast, which we've been wanting to do it because we have started doing hair grafting at our office. But this last weekend, I was speaking at a conference, and I was actually speaking on neuromodulators and dermal fillers and whatever. Somehow, long story short, when I was up there, Uh, hair grafting had come up based on what we do having men in our practice and I actually shared the story of one of the ladies that we did hair grafting on and the fact that she was getting ready to book and fly to Thailand to have a hair grafting procedure done because she did not think it was done here for women in America and just her emotional trauma that she's had over the years from such um dramatic like thinning and hair loss and I mean she really did her the scalp in the front that not only has she been a very successful patient of ours but she's doing this whole broadcasting thing to try to inform other women that there is something out there for you because men I hate to say it it may be emotionally traumatizing for you but I mean you can freaking shave your head it is not the same for women and that's when I was like Larry we need to do this because there's a lot of women out there who actually don't know that there's more options for their hair loss problem and that we can actually help correct it, whether it's hair grafting or other things. And they're just living with it to the point of where they're just eventually going to say, I'm going to get a wig. But you don't have to do that. And we're going to talk about Carol. That's her name. That's our patient's name. 
Which more, she has allowed us to share yeah, the information, but and, we're just going to leave it at Carol. And she's made a YouTube video for mm-hmm. us yep. and for women. Yes. Because she was so traumatized yes. by her hair loss and what's involved and, and what she went through. So we're going to talk more about that on the next podcast but because the emotion behind mm-hmm. it is like insane. And uh, it's affecting so many people. So anyway, we're going to get into that. Well, and what led to this, though, is I shared her story. I had several or two people come up to me afterwards to ask questions about my dermal filler presentation. And one of them was specifically about hair grafting. Mm. She had a patient who was going through the same thing, and she wanted our contact information for her to be treated. And it's like, I wasn't even talking about that as the presentation, that's what she wanted my information for. So it's like there are a number of women out there, and that's when I was thinking to myself, like, we've got, we've got to get this information out. So, sorry, totally off track. Back to our statistics. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it, you're going to find when you listen to this, and if you do a little research or come in for a consult, let us talk to you. We look at your hair. We can show you exactly what's going on, where you have big, thick, coarse hair you know it's beautiful healthy hair tree trunk type hair and then we're going to show you the twigs that your hair is becoming and it might be all coming out of the same follicle the birches and the redwoods so we're going to get into the whole birch redwood uh, comparison but but that is what it is and knowing there are all kinds of things you can do to fix that and change that for yourself is a big deal so, you know, normally the first thing that happens is people try to thicken their hair or volumize their hair with product. Mm-hmm. And we'll go through a lot of products and stuff on the next one. But yes, that's a good starting point for just about anyone. But let's talk about the ha- or hair itself. Your hair starts under your skin in what's called a follicle. And it's kind of shaped like a tulip. Mm-hmm. And so if you if you think down under your skin, you have this tulip that's going to grow a hair. And when, as the hair comes out, it, it, it grows in cycles. There are three hair cycles, antigen, catagen, and telogen. Well, antigen is a growing cycle, mm-hmm. and 90% of your hair is in antigen at any given time. Yep. is in telogen, which is really the resting phase where you don't have the hair. So it's kind of a big deal just understanding that most of your hair is in the growth cycle. But what happens? The, The hair is growing and it's coming out of your tulip, if you will. It's coming out of the follicle and it grows up, it grows, it grows. It keeps, you know, growing and then it sheds. And so it disappears, and it disappears in stage two is when it sheds. So you have antigen, catagen, it sheds, and then it goes into a resting phase called telogen, Mm -hmm. and then it starts all over again. But what's happening to many of us, and I'm, I'm included, that's why I'm having a procedure done, is that the hair is being stunted or suffocated or something like that. You just, you're not getting the protein. So if you think about hair, it's a protein. It's a dead protein. You have strands of dead protein. And women can grow hair longer than men. There's a whole topic on that. But I remember once upon my end in my life, I had a (laughs) ponytail. 
If we were doing those videos right now, we would be putting that picture <laughs> right up on there. <laughs> I have a picture of you with that long hair. So, but I could never grow it uh, beyond a certain length, you know, and women can grow hair uh, much longer than men. And then you see hair that's in um, uh, dreadlocks and things where, you know, it's actually been shaped and that's mm -hmm. dead. So that's mm -hmm. all dead hair. It's dead protein. Well, that dead protein still has to be fed. And what happens is there are changes that take place. And different things can cause different, different problems. So we'll go through some of the statistics a little bit. Uh, first of all, we talked about 50% of mm -hmm. men, you know, have the problem. And that's actually called um, genetic alopecia. Mm -hmm. So you, it, so much of this for, for men is genetic. It is mm -hmm. for both. Yeah. But 98% of men have genetic it's a genetic issue 50 mm -hmm. percent for women yep and women have other issues with hormones and what have you but 98 percent of it is for men and we talked about 20 million women have significant hair loss mm -hmm. sometime in their life and many of them are having it at a younger age now mm -hmm. and we know there are different factors that we'll get into about that yep and a typical head is going to have about a hundred to a hundred and fifty thousand hair follicles on it. That's pretty normal, but it's also pretty normal that you lose about a hundred to a hundred and fifty hairs a day. Yeah. So, so yep. that's quite a bit, you know. But when you look in the sink or the shower or the bathtub or whatever, and you are having clumps of hair come out. You're having way more than, you know, 100 hairs a day. And so those are things like, what the heck is going on? What's, what's happening with this? So you do need to pay attention to that. The major causes for hair loss are genetics, hormones, or hormone disease, mechanical causes, stress, and, of course, medications. So if you think about, for, you know, medical thyroid Mm -hmm. Especially for women, you know. Or like thyroid. what happened to me, because, yeah. you know, it was what, we were just talking about this. It was about six or seven years ago, maybe even eight years ago, um, I started losing my hair. You know, I started working with Larry not too long before that, so I could blame it on him, but, you know. <laughs> Let's not go there. We already have another one in the office talking about that. Blaming you for the hair loss? Yeah, but I've made her hair beautifully gray. I mean, really, <laughs> I can't believe no, but I, I did. So being a female, I started going through my standard, checking my thyroid, checking my iron, doing all these different. I mean, for six months, I was running all of these different panels and trying to figure out what was going on. And it was really, I mean, for women, that's where I guess I get the passion of sharing the stories about women. It was, it was very stressful. You know, I had to figure out how to style my hair in different ways to hide where like the balding patches were. And long story short, for me, it ended up being low testosterone, which I didn't at the time think that that was where it is. And so I spend a lot of time educating women on that now. It's not just high testosterone in women that leads to hair loss. It's also low testosterone, which is men as well. And so once I corrected that in my body, not only did I quit losing my hair, but eventually all my hair came back. It took a while for my hair to come back. But hormones for women can be such an important part of their hair loss. And in our office, we require them to get that checked. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, hormones for women is like the key. There are other medical. There's anemia. You yeah. know, if you're anemic, that yep. could that could play a role. There's Zinc a, deficiency a, a, is a huge one. Autoimmune. Mm-hmm. Um, so. You know, all of these different things from a disease standpoint can play a role. But, you know, if, if you took 10 women that walk in our office and you did blood work on all 10, you'd probably have five, six, seven of them that are off yeah. as far as hormones are concerned. It's I'd statistically say more it may, than that. It may, yeah, it may be more than that. It's like almost everybody that we're getting numbers back... Um, are so low or deficient in so many areas, or they may be in the normal range, but if you go back to our podcast on hormones, mm-hmm. you know, you're on the normal range for an 80-year-old. Yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> shit. That, you know, so well, who, who wants to be there? Not only that, but you know, the original levels for thyroid numbers were based on studying hypothyroid patients. If you are in the medical community at the moment, it's like what, uh, the high range of a normal TSH right now is 4.5, which is still way higher than it should be. Um, originally, it was something like 8 or 10 because they were studying hypothyroid patients. And that actually is hypothyroidism at that point. So, I mean, they developed our lab levels based on people who were already having problems with that specific one. So you're right. If it's normal for an 80-year-old, well, you don't want to feel 80 or have the hair of an 80-year-old. You want to feel better than that. So that's a critical component. There's mechanical, you know, uh, you can braid your hair. If you braid it real tight, you do that all the time. I mean, that's mechanical stress on your hair. Mm-hmm. There's all these torture devices for hair, um, you know, that you can use. <laughs> what? Well, you, it's not a torture device, but, you know, you put different clips or clamps or oh, different okay. things okay. in. All it's right. kind of twisted. It's, you know... So I'm, I was confused when I saw the notes on that. I was like, is this something that I don't know about? Yeah. <laughs> He's no. talking about the hair clips that we use, ladies. He's yeah. calling them torture devices. I was like, what is he talking about? Yeah, it's just bizarre stuff. You but know, you're right. And- when I was first losing my hair, the first thing I did was researching and it was don't use this kind of clip. Don't I even bought very special um, like elastic hair ties that were supposed to help you not lose as much hair versus the ones that pull it too tight. Like I went to every extent. Try well, not to lose my hair. If you, if you pull the band off or whatever and you've got 10 or 15 hairs with it, mm-hmm. it's probably a pretty good indication something's <laughs> not working right. You know, and, and I think that's what it is. People start to notice whether it's mechanical, yeah. hormone deficiency, whatever, something is causing this to change. Well, and, and before you jump to your next one really quick, I just want to bring up that, you know, when it comes to it, you're talking about running blood work on people and maybe five out of 10 are normal. And I would say it's less than that. Um, Nutrient deficiency wise, our foods are not nearly as nutrient dense as we used to be. And on top of it, because of the constant chemical insult, whether it's through our food or our environment, we're absorbing less because our guts are more damaged. That's why anemia is more present in women. Zinc deficiency is common in both men and women. And typically when I have done hair treatments on younger men losing their hair in their 20s, multiple times they have come back, they're deficient in zinc. And that's why they're losing their hair. And then hormones, ladies, if you've ever been on birth control, your hormones will be off. If you've ever been pregnant and or had a baby, your hormones are going to be off. 
you've ever been through a significantly stressful time in your life. So for me, that was medical school and raising two children at the same time. Your hormones are going to be off. Men, same thing, nutrient deficiency, you know, extremely stressful time in your life. And people don't attribute stress to the hair loss, but the stress messes up your hormones. And right now, we are living in an American society that is go, 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 go. There is no rest for the weary. There's no downtime. And the amount of people that have adrenal fatigue and have abnormal lab work because our food's not quality and they're running high stressed, it's like no wonder everybody's losing their hair. Well, stress affects women a lot, mm-hmm. more, more so than men. And um, they, uh, they're just wired that way. But I think from the nutrient standpoint, I looked up Haagen-Dazs ice cream, and I think I'm good. <laughs> I think I'm okay with that. You know, if You're I just do a pint a day, it's going to help, you know, fertilize my hair. It will, you know. It's going to boost those zinc levels for you? Yeah, it's going to do all those right. good things. So I'm kind of excited about that. I don't know what it's going to do. I, I didn't read too much about the diet component. Yeah, you don't know what's happening to that waistline, do you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Want to talk about how those pants are fitting with all that Haagen-Dazs ice cream? We're not going there today. I don't know. I think we should restart our uh, Uh, diet challenge. mm, Yeah. (laughs) We'll discuss that later. (laughs) All right. Back to Uh, hair. All right. So one of the things I think that's, you know, very, very involved is hormone and in androgenetic alopecia. Uh, that is the the what you get with male pattern baldness mm-hmm. and what a lot of people have. It's a problem of a hormone called DHT, dihydrotestosterone. So it's, you know, this is what we have. And some people will have more of it than others. It tends to affect the hair on the top of your head. Uh, the dome, mm-hmm. the the front, uh, you know, that section, it does not seem to affect. That hormone does not seem to affect the back of your head mm-hmm. or the sides. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure there's, you know, there's some variability with that. But, but for the most part, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Now, DHT is a hormone that's caused by uh, five reductase um, enzyme. Five, five alpha, alpha reductase. Alpha reductase or uh, enzyme. And that causes testosterone to become DHT. Yep. And it goes to the receptor site of the cells of, uh, of, of the follicles. Mm-hmm. And so where you are supposed to be bringing in new protein and bringing all this in, it gets suffocated. It's like breathing through a sponge. So it's very, very difficult. I mean, how many of you have done that? I was just thinking, yeah. when's the last time you breathed through a sponge, Larry? Uh, I, I'm just saying on the top of my head, never. I hope <laughs> never, and I hope I never will. But that is what it's like. Yes. So I'm just yeah. uh, throwing that out there. Uh, so that's going to be a challenge, you know, a real challenge for your hair because it's not getting any new protein. And so what starts to happen is a process of, of uh, d- just diminishing your hair. It's going to get finer. It's going to get thinner. Your, your coarse, robust hair starts to change. And this is where we kind of get into the trees. Mm-hmm. And so we do a comparison of birch to redwood. So you may still have your hairs, 
But if they were the size of redwood, it'd take up a lot of space and it would look like you have thick, coarse hair. But when they take up the space of a birch, you know, you have a lot of gaps and a lot of thinning. So if you took 50 birch and put it on an acre of of land and 50 redwoods and put it on another acre of land, you, you really can't see through the redwoods, but the birch you can see through easily, and that's what's happening to the head. Mm-hmm. So a lot of frustration with that because your hair is still there. Yeah. It's just become very, very thin um, and unhealthy, and those are things that we're going to talk about how to change in the next section, Yeah, and that's an important part. Yeah, because there's a lot of different options out there for hair regrowth. Obviously, we've tried to make or drive home the point very well that you have to start with blood work. We need to take a look at your blood. We need to see where your hormones are at, where your nutrients are at, and fix what's going on. Some men genetically have a tendency to push their testosterone into DHT. But there's very easy ways to block that enzyme that's causing the conversion so that we can reduce your DHT and still keep your healthy testosterone because we don't, again, want to lower testosterone in men. We just want to block that DHT because testosterone keeps you healthy. That DHT is what I call the aggressive form, the the acne causing, the hair loss, all of that stuff. So we're okay blocking that there and it won't, you know, affect your testosterone or the good parts of it. So, you know, we figure out where is it? Is it that we need to supplement zinc? Maybe you don't need to absorb it well. Women, are you anemic? Do we need to have you on iron? Um, my one thing I throw out there is if you're listening to this podcast and you have not had your blood work drawn, do not go start taking supplements without getting it tested. Things like iron, you can overdose yourself on. Same thing with the zinc. So if you're not being tested by a physician, don't just start buying stuff from the store and thinking, oh, I'm anemic. I'm going to take a bunch of iron. It could actually hurt you. So your first step is getting your blood drawn. Whether you find somebody like Larry and myself, where we do it at our practice, if you come into us for hair grafting, if you come into us for PRP injections, we will require blood work ahead of time. So that's an easy thing to do. Then if you find that you're nutrient deficient, we will work with you on supplementing what's there and or if the hormones are off, maybe you need hormone replacement. Maybe you're deficient in testosterone like I was. And that's why I was losing my hair and I had to replace it. And being, you know, at the time I was only in my late 30s. So I was thinking this is way too early to replace it. One of my physician friends, she finally convinced me. She's like, this is your problem. You need to do it. And as soon as I replaced the testosterone, besides feeling way better, <laughs> Because I was no doubt probably pretty miserable. I quit losing my hair. And so sometimes women have to have that replaced. And the other hormone that we didn't really talk about here is estrogen. Low estrogen in women causes hair loss. Doesn't affect men as much, but in women it does. So that's why typically women, when they get into menopause, besides their skin aging rapidly, besides gaining a ton of weight and feeling crappy, they actually lose their hair on top of it. So you know, welcome to menopause. You're bald, fat, and uh, your skin is saggy. <laughs> uh, something to look forward to, huh? <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, as we age, you know, you're going to lose some hair just from aging. Mm-hmm. You know, it just, that's, that's, in most cases, that's pretty typical and, and a very natural process. Yes. The idea is how to control it. And um, there are so many wonderful ways and things you can do now to mm-hmm. volumize your hair, to make it healthier than it, than it is now. 
and to take that back. And even if your hair has become thin mm-hmm. and miniaturized, you can many, many times take that birch tree and turn it into a redwood. Yes. So, you know, and then all of a sudden, what hair you still have, you still own, it hasn't died, the follicle hasn't died, you, you still got it, you can make look much, much better and much thicker and healthier. But the ones that have died, when you have a receding hairline, that's not coming back. Mm-hmm. No matter what products you use or any of that, that becomes a surgical procedure that we will be talking about um, in the in the next uh, uh, podcast. But that is something where you can change, and that's what I'm having done. Yes, in a few weeks. In three weeks. Yeah. So I have receding hairline. Um, I don't know, half inch, three quarters of an inch. You know, sometimes... I just I, thought your forehead was getting taller. Yeah, when I look at my forehead, I, I think I need two inches. You know, it's like, oh my God, my forehead is growing. And it's, yeah, my hair is going back. So it just sucks. And, you know, then I go to the back of my head and it's miserable when somebody says, wow, you're really thinning back here. You know, and they're looking <laughs> at the gosh. dome, you know, and it's like, what happened? You know, where'd all your hair go? Which it was and, not me that said that to him, by the yeah, way. Yeah, somebody. <laughs> I won't mention names. Okay. It wasn't actually me this time. Normally, I'll take credit. So, when that <laughs> happens to you, let's move on. Yeah. No, but when that happens to you, you know, you do have to kind of get a grip. Mm-hmm. You know, what am I going to do? Is this okay? Yeah. Am I going to stay <clears throat> with this? Am I going to do something that's going to make a difference for me? And when you hear Carol talk about why she did it and, mm-hmm. and how it affected her, you know, emotionally, physically, what she went through, all of that, I think you're going to go want to go to YouTube and watch her video. Yeah. Because it really, you know, and she researched. I mean, she did a ton of research and, mm-hmm. and could not find much on, you know, hair grafting for women. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, having her do a testimonial on it and kind of what she was going through, I think will be very helpful for all you women out there. Yes. But you don't have to suffer through this. There's a no. lot of things you can do to kind of help with what you still have mm-hmm. and what you don't have. There's the procedures very, very easy. And she actually talks about that. Yeah. So and we'll be talking more about that. So yeah. uh, d- don't don't accept it is my point. You don't have to accept it. And if you're not accepting pigment on your face or fine lines or wrinkles or whatever, don't be dealing with that and then just completely forgetting about your hair because it's it seems like more people are losing hair than are keeping hair. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, when I'm talking to people that are coming in for consults, they're not always coming in for a hair consult, mm-hmm. but they should be. Well, Carol wasn't there for hair. Yeah. She was there seeing me for something else. And, you know, I tend to chat a lot when we're in the rooms. And uh, somehow it came up and she's like, you do hair grafting here? Yeah. Out of the blue. Boom. There it was. And you're right. They don't come in asking for that, but it always comes up. Yeah. So uh, both men and women, the benefits are huge. You don't see the overall results overnight. It takes six months to a year. But wow, what a difference for Mm -hmm. you. So we want you to get excited about that. And if you're looking at yourself in the mirror 
and not only going through what I was going through with, you know, achy pain and and the hangovers, you know, and all the stuff with aging and how the eye it bags getting and, in your way. Yeah. I'm just kidding. You don't have eye bags, that, but that was on your list of things to was, say. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if your eye bags are really getting in your way, you need to, you need to address that. Right. That's an emergency procedure. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, hair grafting is not an emergency procedure, but, but if it's affecting you, it is almost like an emergency procedure. I mean, you know, you can get it done and make such a difference. And the minute you do something in that direction for yourself, you immediately feel better. I agree. Okay, I'm addressing it. You know, this has been bothering me for a very long time. And in our last podcast, we were talking about COVID and how it's affected people with everything from facelifts to liposuction and all the different procedures that have been done surgically and non-surgically, well, they had time to think about it. You know, it was theirs on their mind, hey, it's time to do something. This COVID thing, I'm doing it, and the statistics have gone sky high uh, Mm -hmm. for that. Well, the same is true with hair. The same is true with hair. There are more procedures being done now than ever and of course the technology has gone so far we have smart graft which is fabulous it is you know the smart way to do hair grafting and we use technicians that do this all day every day we fly them over from LA and they do celebrities they do everyone in LA they are really good mm-hmm. and they know exactly how to place it and how to line it up and how to make it exactly the way you want it and so you know th- that's not our experience so we're not going to do that you know have people who are really good doing that so again next podcast a lot more details on that yeah definitely and um you know, the, what I wanted to say is, of course, hair is not something that's as easy to hide as other flaws that we have. You know, typically when people are struggling with their weight gain and things like that, you can dress in different clothing to kind of mask it. When there's different issues you're struggling with on your face, you can use different makeup and things to try to cover it up and make it look better and use bronzer and highlighters and, you know, all these different things that are out there. But hair is not as easy to hide. Now, people can wear hats, but there's only so many times that hats are considered acceptable. Occasionally, you're in uh, places where you have to take them off. And I actually have a really funny story for you. So, <laughs> Well, Back. I will mention baseball caps for guys. Yes. All of a sudden, guys are wearing baseball caps. They've never worn baseball caps in their life. And now they have a baseball cap on their head every day. It's like all of a sudden, it's bothering them to the point. Yes. So when you've lost, when you see it, you've lost 50%. And that's the key. And all of a sudden, oh, my God, what do I do? Oh, I grab a baseball cap. You know, so those are some of the things for guys. So I was in college. I was young. And I was out with my friends. We were drinking at a bar. And um, Surprise. I, <laughs> I met this guy. He was very cute, totally wearing a baseball cap. Um, anyways, we talked that night, whatever. Next night, we're at the same kind of bars. I was actually at one bar and my girlfriend was at the other bar next door and she ran into him and he did not have his baseball cap on and he was bald. He was George Costanza. 
and we're young. We're in our 20s. And he's like, oh, yeah, is your friend here? And my friend was like, oh, yeah. She's like, he's like, yeah, she's right next door. Why don't you go find her? I was like, oh, my gosh, he showed up. And at first I didn't know who he was. And then I was like, oh, my goodness. Thank the Lord. I did not give him my phone number, <laughs> which I feel bad saying that now. But I mean, I, we were in college. I was shocked. And of course, I pulled my girlfriend aside later. I was like, why did you tell him where I was? She's like, just to see the look on your face. <laughs> a lot of fun and two nights in a row at the bar. Hmm. College. Hmm. Wow. Larry, I'm sure you drank a lot more than me in college than I did. But the second part of that story is when my husband was in college, he has always worn a hat and he's not losing his hair. He's fine. But one day he was sitting in class and these two girls, one of them asked him, she's like, um, would you take off your hat for a moment? And he's like, okay, yeah, why? So he took his hat off. They had a bet. They had a bet that he was bald underneath and he's not. He had a ton of hair and he's like, oh, you thought I was bald? And the girls were kind of like laughing. She's like, yeah, but she's like, I didn't think you were. <laughs> <laughs> because he always has worn one, but he, that's just what he's done. But yeah, they had a bet that he was bald underneath the hat and he wasn't. So the key is finding people who are wearing hats now that didn't wear hats before. Before, yeah. yes. So no. why, why are they wearing the hat? I, I think the, the take home on this today is um, hair is a major, major concern to you know 50% of men and a lot of women. Mm-hmm. And the number statistics for women are going up. Yeah. Crazy numbers. And, and women, you can't get away with the baseball cap. Then. Yeah, and you, you know, the comb over the this or the try to making bangs where you didn't have bangs and all the different things that you have to go through. So the numbers are going up. Don't just sit around with this and live with it. You don't yeah. have to do that. And and I think the key to it is making sure that um, you address your hair. And there are things we're going to talk about scalp injections. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about using PRF uh, next week, next time. We're mm-hmm. going to talk about all these different things where you're like fertilizing what you have. And boy, does it make a difference. So if, if you're not a surgical candidate or you don't want surgery, you know, there are other things you can do. And even if you do have surgery, you do need to do maintenance. You know, or enhancement. I mean, you can actually make things better and better over time. And a lot of the procedures we do in the office with PRF and exosomes and things like that make a huge difference. Yeah. And, uh, and so, you know, and it's going to, again, if you totally fertilize what you have and rebuild it, it looks like you have a lot more hair without having done much else. Yeah. And we'll get into more of the drugs and the other things you can buy over the counter that make a big difference as well. Yeah. Yep. So this podcast in the beginning, we are doing this in a two-part series, was more to educate you about what is going on, about how prevalent hair loss is, how prevalent hair loss is out there amongst both men and women. And our next podcast is going to be what you can do about it. I don't know why I'm stumbling over all my words here at the end. So did you go back to your college days and go to a bar last night? No. Curious? Okay. No, I did not. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. If we could compare my college days to his college days, I'm sure I would come out looking like a saint. So I don't even want to go there. 
But anyways, <laughs> next time we're going to tell you everything that you can do to fix it if you're having these hair loss problems. Yeah, so we'll, we'll talk about the emotion of it. We'll get into all the things you can do, what happens, what's the time frame, so that you're very, very comfortable with the whole process. And if you have specific questions or you want to come in for a consult, we will actually show you on a big screen your hair. Yeah. So you can, <laughs> which will probably cause you to want to do something. But, it, it, you know, when you see the fine hair next to a big coarse hair, well, the coarse hair is what it used to be, all of it. And now you have these tiny little threads, you know, and that is what did it for me. It's like I'm looking on I'm back on my dome and I go up to the receding hairline and I look at the hair and I do have some good hairs, but I, you know, so there are redwoods still there, but I have a lot of birch. So anyway, if you go through that and you see what it is and what's going on with it, yeah, in all likelihood, you know, we can help that. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, this wraps up today's episode. Thank you all so much for listening. And don't forget to follow us at, at Clear Skin Institute um, on both Facebook and Instagram, as well as subscribe to our podcast on Apple Music, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to us. And of course, please comment and give us 10 stars if you'd like. And we will see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to What Would Larry Do? featuring Dr. Ann. Hear it live each week here or anytime 24-7 on demand at StarWorldWideNetworks.com. After constantly being bombarded with emails, phone calls, and text messages on a daily basis asking, What would you do? Sometimes it's an, oh crap, I made a mistake, help me. And sometimes it's just a question about the latest technology and do we feel it's worth the investment. We want to help answer all of these questions. So, welcome to What Would Larry Do? featuring Dr. Ann. We'll be interviewing experts in the industry to help answer the questions that you desire to know the answers to. And now, it's time for What Would Larry Do? Featuring Dr. Ann. Hello, and welcome to What Would Larry Do? I'm Dr. Ann, and I am here with Larry Helwig. And uh, today we are going to talk about a topic that is near and dear to Larry's heart. <laughs> it certainly is. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about today, Larry? Hair loss. <laughs> oh, it's frustrating. So uh, we are going to get into it. We're going to uh, delve into hair loss and what you do about it. But it, it's probably, it's going to turn out to be two podcasts. So yes. today we'll talk about hair, what it is, what happens, some of that type of stuff. And then on the next one, kind of the emotion behind it, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. it, you know, it's way more emotional than almost you know, face, body, whatever, that, that's what we have found. And uh, so we're going to cover that and then what you can do about it uh, uh, surgically and non-surgically. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's, it's, it's been a fun thing for us to get into, but wow, educational. It's, it's really something. Yep. So, so what, what I find is, you know, when you're growing up, no one is thinking about hair grafting. You know, it's just, 
that's you know you're, you're growing up all these things are going on in your life and you know your hair is there you're you not know, thinking about just, hair loss in general yeah i mean why why would i right you know i've got hair i've got plenty of hair you know it's all good you're not thinking about losing it and that comes as a big shock but as you age you know your back gets sore more often your <laughs> knees start to wear a little bit uh, you know, all your body parts start to hurt a little bit, a little bit more. You you go out and play flag football, and you think you've just you know been tackled by the entire Cardinal football team. So everything it has a bigger effect. And I I can't remember if it was early 30s when I noticed that my one day hangover became two. Oh my gosh, or three. Yeah, I mean, it's like, <laughs> what the hell, you know? I, you go out and you drink and you party with your friends and you do all that, and the next day you know you're not going to feel your best, but, you know, by the afternoon you get it going and what have you. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say the one-hour hangover becomes a three-day hangover. <laughs> yeah, so things change, as, and it does on your head as well. Mm-hmm. There are very, very few people who go through life with the same hair. I know one. One person. I know exactly who you're talking about. God. And his hair has just always been wild. He's got this bush on his head <laughs> that is freaking insane. You know, he's over 70 years old oh, now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've known him for many, many years. We used to work together. And he always had white hair, but he or gray, gray, white. But he had monster hair i mean mm-hmm. he just it was thick like you can't believe yeah and you know over the years you you'd ex- you always look and is that a wig or what the hell you, you know it's still there yeah and the last time i saw him he has every single hair that i saw you know 15 years <laughs> ago i mean it's like he it reminds a- me of jay leno yeah jay leno's the only other person i've ever seen like that same thing he's always had this white hair but man does he still have a lot of hair yeah, it's like incredible. Yeah. And that's not normal. <laughs> the rest of us get screwed, don't we, Larry? We get screwed, and there's all kinds of things going on with hair. And, and so we're, we'll talk a little bit about some of those things. We won't go into crazy detail. But yeah, a lot of stuff is going on with your hair. One of the things is if you have male pattern baldness, Many times it will show up by the time you're 30. Mm-hmm. You have, you know, you have balding in the front, you have balding on the top, you have balding in the in the dome, you have, you know, you have a wreath going around your head of the, hair. The George Costanza look? You have the George look. That's exactly <laughs> right. And so when you look at people, you, you see that many times for the, for the Georges of the world, that started in their... <laughs> 30s or before Mm -hmm. and so by the time they hit 30 they they had that look for many of them okay and so statistically about 50 percent of all people have you know uh thinning hair or hair loss uh, and that's men over 20 million women yeah and i think 50 percent of men have the hair loss by age 50 yeah that's that's a that's a short a young number yeah and it's it's a big number percentage wise but at age 50 to have 50 percent you know one out of every two guys out there you know have already lost a substantial amount of hair 
and uh, and and that's that is it, and that's the way it works. Mm-hmm. And most people don't realize that there are some basic things you can do about it. And we'll get into more details yeah. of all the things you can do later. But 20 million women is the number that you've brought up. And actually, what gave me the idea for this podcast, which we've been wanting to do it because we have started doing hair grafting at our office. But this last weekend, I was speaking at a conference and I was actually speaking on neuromodulators and dermal fillers and whatever. Somehow, long story short, when I was up there, uh, hair grafting had come up based on what we do having men in our practice. And I actually shared the story of one of the ladies that we did hair grafting on and the fact that she was getting ready to book and fly to Thailand to have a hair grafting procedure done because she did not think it was done here for women in America. And just her emotional trauma that she's had over the years from such um, dramatic like thinning and hair loss. And I mean, she really did her the scalp in the front that not only has she been a very successful patient of ours, but she's doing this whole broadcasting thing to try to inform other women that there is something out there for you. Because men, I hate to say it, it may be emotionally traumatizing for you, but I mean, you can freaking shave your head. It is not the same for women. And that's when I was like, Larry, we need to do this. Because there's a lot of women out there who actually don't know that there's more options for their hair loss problem and that we can actually help correct it, whether it's hair grafting or other things. And they're just living with it to the point of where they're just eventually going to say, I'm going to get a wig. But you don't have to do that. And we're going to talk about Carol. That's her name. That's our patient's name. Which she has allowed us to share the information, but we're just going to leave it at Carol. And she's made a YouTube video for Mm -hmm. us and for women. Yes. Because she was so traumatized yes. by her hair loss and what's involved and and what she went through. So we're going to talk more about that on the next podcast but because the emotion behind mm-hmm. it is like insane. And uh, it's affecting so many people. So anyway, we're going to get into that. Well, and what led to this, though, is I shared her story. I had several or two people come up to me afterwards to ask questions about my dermal filler presentation. And one of them was specifically about hair grafting. Mm. She had a patient who was going through the same thing and she wanted our contact information for her to be treated. And it's like, I wasn't even talking about that as the presentation. That's what she wanted my information for. So it's like, there are a number of women out there. And that's when I was thinking to myself, like, we've got, we've got to get this information out. So Sorry, totally off track. Back to our statistics. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it, you're going to find when you listen to this, and if you do a little research or come in for a consult, let us talk to you. We look at your hair. We can show you exactly what's going on, where you have big, thick, coarse hair. You know, it's beautiful, healthy hair, tree trunk type hair. And then we're going to show you the twigs that, your hair is becoming and it might be all coming out of the same follicle the birches and the yeah, redwoods so we're, we're going to get into the whole birch redwood uh, comparison but but that is what it is and knowing there are all kinds of things you can do to fix that and change that for yourself is a big deal so you know normally the first thing that happens is people try to thicken their hair or volumize their hair with product Mm-hmm. And we'll go through a lot of products and stuff on the next one. But yes, that's a good starting point for just about anyone. But let's talk about the hair itself. 
Your hair starts under your skin in what's called a follicle, and it's kind of shaped like a tulip. Mm-hmm. And so if you, if you think down under your skin, you have this tulip that's going to grow a hair. And when, as the hair comes out, it, it, it grows in cycles. There are three hair cycles, antigen, catagen, and telogen. Well, antigen is a growing cycle, mm-hmm. and 90% of your hair is in antigen at any given time. Yep. 10% is in telogen, which is really the resting phase where yep. you don't have the hair. So it's kind of a big deal just understanding that most of your hair is in the growth cycle. But what happens? The, the hair is growing and it's coming out of your tulip, if you will. It's coming out of the follicle and it grows up, it grows, it grows. It keeps, you know, growing and then it sheds. And so it disappears and it disappears in stage two is when it sheds. So you have antigen catagen it sheds and then it goes into a resting phase called telogen Mm -hmm. and then it starts all over again but what's happening to many of us and i'm i'm included that's why i'm having a procedure done is that the hair is being stunted or suffocated or something like that you just you're not getting the protein so if you think about hair it's a protein it's a dead protein you have strands of dead protein. And women can grow hair longer than men. There's a whole topic on that. But I remember once upon my end in my life, I had a <laughs> ponytail. If we were doing those videos right now, we would be putting that picture right up on there. <laughs> I have a picture of you with that long hair. So, but I could never grow it uh, beyond a certain length, you know. And women can grow hair uh, much longer than men. And then you see hair that's in um, uh, dreadlocks and things where, you know, it's actually been shaped and that's Mm -hmm. dead. That's Mm -hmm. all dead hair. It's dead protein. Well, that dead protein still has to be fed. And what happens is there are changes that take place. And different things can cause different, different problems. So we'll go through some of the statistics a little bit. Uh, first of all, we talked about 50% of men, mm-hmm. you know, have the problem. And that's actually called um, genetic alopecia. Mm-hmm. So you, it, it, so much of this for, for men is genetic. It is mm-hmm. for both. Yeah. But 98% of men have genetic. It's a genetic issue. Mm-hmm. 50% for women. Yep. And women have other issues with hormones and what have you, but 98% of it is for men. And we talked about 20 million women have significant hair loss mm-hmm. sometime in their life, and many of them are having it at a younger age now. Mm-hmm. And we know there are different factors that we'll get into about that. Yep. And a typical head is going to have about 100 to 150,000 hair follicles on it. That's pretty normal, but it's also pretty normal that you lose about 100 to 150 hairs a day. Yeah. So so that's quite a bit. You know, but when you look in the sink or the shower or the bathtub or whatever, and you are having clumps of hair come out, you're having way more than, you know, 100 hairs a day. 
And so those are things like, what the heck is going on? What's, what's happening with this? So you do need to pay attention to that. The major causes for hair loss are genetics, hormones, our hormone disease, mechanical causes, stress, and, of course, medications. So if you think about, for, you know, medical thyroid, mm-hmm. especially for women, you know, Or like thyroid. what happened to me, because, yeah. you know, it was what, we were just talking about this. It was about six or seven years ago, maybe even eight years ago, um, I started losing my hair. You know, I started working with Larry not too long before that, so I could blame it on him, but, you know. <laughs> Let's not go there. I- we already have another one in the office talking about that. Blaming you for the hair loss? Yeah, but I've made her hair beautifully gray. I mean, really. <laughs> I can't believe. No, but I, I did. So being a female, I started going through my standard, checking my thyroid, checking my iron, doing all these different. I mean, for six months, I was running all of these different panels and trying to figure out what was going on. And it was really, I mean, for women, that's where I guess I get the passion of sharing the stories about women. It was, it was very stressful. You know, I had to figure out how to style my hair in different ways to hide where like the balding patches were. And long story short, for me, it ended up being low testosterone, which I didn't at the time think that that was where it is. And so I spend a lot of time educating women on that now. It's not just high testosterone in women that leads to hair loss. It's also low testosterone, which is men as well. And so once I corrected that in my body, not only did I quit losing my hair, but eventually all my hair came back. It took a while for my hair to come back. But hormones for women can be such an important part of their hair loss. And in our office, we require them to get that checked. Yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, hormones for women is like the key. There are other medical, there's anemia, you yeah. know, if you're anemic, that yep. could that could play a role. There's Zinc a, deficiency a, a, is a huge one. Autoimmune. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, all of these different things from a disease standpoint can play a role. But, you know, if, if you took 10 women that walk in our office and you did blood work on all 10, you'd probably have five, six, seven of them that are off. Yeah. As far as hormones are concerned. It's I'd statistically say it more may, than that. It may, yeah, it may be more than that. It's like almost everybody that we're getting numbers back um, are so low or deficient in so many areas, or they may be in the normal range, but if you go back to our podcast on hormones, mm-hmm. you know, you're on the normal range for an 80 year old. Yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> shit. That, you know, so well, who who wants to be there? Not only that, but you know, the original levels for thyroid numbers were based on studying hypothyroid patients. If you are in the medical community at the moment, it's like what? Uh, the high range of a normal TSH right now is 4.5, which is still way higher than it should be. Um, originally, it was something like 8 or 10 because they were studying hypothyroid patients. And that actually is hypothyroidism at that point. So, I mean, they developed our lab levels based on people who were already having problems with that specific one. So you're right. If it's normal for an 80-year-old, well, you don't want to feel 80 or have the hair of an 80-year-old. You want to feel better than that. So that's a critical component. There's mechanical. You know, uh, you can braid your hair. If you braid it real tight, you do that all the time. I mean, that's mechanical stress on your hair. Mm -hmm. There's all these torture devices for hair. Um, you know, that you can use. <laughs> what? 
<laughs> well, you, it's not a torture device, but, you know, you put different clips or clamps or uh, different okay. things okay. in. All it's right. kind of twisted. It's, you know, so. I'm, I was confused. When I saw the notes on that, I was like, is this something that I don't know about? Yeah. <laughs> He's no. talking about the hair clips that we use, ladies. He's yeah. calling them torture devices. I was like, what is he talking about? Yeah, it's just bizarre stuff, you but know. You're right. And- when I was first losing my hair, the first thing I did was researching, and it was don't use this kind of clip. Don't. I even bought very special, um, like, elastic hair ties that were supposed to help you not lose as much hair versus the ones that pull it too tight. Like, I went to every extent trying well, not to it, lose my hair. If you, if you pull the band off or whatever and you've got 10 or 15 hairs with it mm-hmm. it's probably a pretty good indication something's <laughs> not working right you know and and i think that's what it is people start to notice whether it's mechanical yeah hormone deficiency whatever something is causing this to change well and, and before you jump to your next one really quick i just want to bring up that you know when it comes to it you're talking about running blood work on people and maybe five out of 10 are normal. And I would say it's less than that. Um, Nutrient deficiency wise, our foods are not nearly as nutrient dense as we used to be. And on top of it, because of the constant chemical insult, whether it's through our food or our environment, we're absorbing less because our guts are more damaged. That's why anemia is more present in women. Zinc deficiency is common in both men and women. And typically when I have done hair treatments on younger men losing their hair in their 20s, multiple times they have come back, they're deficient in zinc. And that's why they're losing their hair. And then hormones, ladies, if you've ever been on birth control, your hormones will be off. If you've ever been pregnant and or had a baby, your hormones are going to be off you've ever been through a significantly stressful time in your life so for me that was medical school and raising two children at the same time your hormones are going to be off men same thing nutrient deficiency you know extremely stressful time in your life and people don't attribute stress to the hair loss but the stress messes up your hormones and right now we are living in an American society that is go, 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 go. There is no rest for the weary. There's no downtime. And the amount of people that have adrenal fatigue and have abnormal lab work because our food's not quality and they're running high stressed, it's like no wonder everybody's losing their hair. Well, stress affects women a lot, mm-hmm. more, more so than men. And um, they... Uh, they were just wired that way. But I think from the nutrient standpoint, I looked up Haagen-Dazs ice cream, and I think I'm good. <laughs> I think I'm okay with that. You know, if You're I just do a pint a day, it's going to help, you know, fertilize my hair. It will, you know. It's going to boost those zinc levels for you? Yeah, it's going to do all those right. good things. So I'm kind of excited about that. I don't know what it's going to do. I, I didn't read too much about the diet component. Yeah, you don't know what's happening to that waistline, do you? Yeah. <laughs> Want to talk about how those pants are fitting with all that Haagen-Dazs ice cream? We're not going there today. I don't know. I think we should restart our uh, uh, diet challenge. Mm, yeah. <laughs> we'll discuss that later. <laughs> all right. Back to uh, hair. All right. So one of the things I think that's, you know, very, very involved is hormone and in androgenetic alopecia. Uh, that is the the what you get with male pattern baldness mm-hmm. and what a lot of people have. It's a problem of a hormone called DHT, dihydrotestosterone. Testosterone. So it's you know this is what we have 
and some people will have more of it than others. It tends to affect the hair on the top of your head, uh, the mm-hmm. dome, the the front, uh, you know, that section. It does not seem to affect. That hormone does not seem to affect the back of your head mm-hmm. or the sides. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure there's, you know, there's some variability with that. But, but for the most part, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Now, DHT is a hormone that's caused by uh, five reductase um, enzyme. Five, five alpha, alpha reductase. or uh, enzyme. And that causes testosterone to become DHT. Yep. And it goes to the receptor site of the cells of, uh, of, of the follicles. Mm-hmm. And so where you are supposed to be bringing in new protein and bringing all this in... It gets suffocated. It's like breathing through a sponge. So it's very, very <laughs> difficult. I mean, how many of you have done that? I was just thinking, yeah. when's the last time you breathed through a sponge, Larry? Uh, I, I'm just saying on the top of my head, never. I hope <laughs> never, and I hope I never will. But that is what it's like. Yes. So I'm just yeah. uh, throwing that out there. Uh, so that's going to be a challenge, you know, a real challenge for your hair because it's not getting any new protein. And so what starts to happen is a process of, of uh, just diminishing your hair. It's going to get finer. It's going to get thinner. Your, your coarse, robust hair starts to change. And this is where we kind of get into the trees. Mm-hmm. And so we do a comparison of birch to redwood. So you may still have your hairs, but if they were the size of redwood, it'd take up a lot of space and it would look like you have thick, coarse hair. But when they take up the space of a birch, you know, you have a lot of gaps and a lot of thinning. So if you took 50 birch and put it on an acre of, of land and 50 redwoods and put it on another acre of land, you you really can't see through the redwoods. But the birch, you can see through easily, and that's what's happening to the head. Mm-hmm. So a lot of frustration with that because your hair is still there. Yeah. It's just become very, very thin um, and unhealthy. And those are things that we're going to talk about how to change in the next section. Yeah. And that's an important part. Yeah, because there's a lot of different options out there for hair regrowth. Obviously, we've tried to make or drive home the point very well that you have to start with blood work. We need to take a look at your blood. We need to see where your hormones are at, where your nutrients are at, and fix what's going on. Some men genetically have a tendency to push their testosterone into DHT. But there's very easy ways to block that enzyme that's causing the conversion so that we can reduce your DHT and still keep your healthy testosterone because we don't, again, want to lower testosterone in men. We just want to block that DHT because testosterone keeps you healthy. That DHT is what I call the aggressive form, the the acne causing, the hair loss, all of that stuff. So we're okay blocking that there and it won't, you know, affect your testosterone or the good parts of it. So, you know, we figure out where is it? Is it that we need to supplement zinc? Maybe you don't need to absorb it well. Women, are you anemic? Do we need to have you on iron? Um, my one thing I throw out there is if you're listening to this podcast and you have not had your blood work drawn, do not go start taking supplements without getting it tested. Things like iron you can overdose yourself on. Same thing with the zinc. 
So if you're not being tested by a physician, don't just start buying stuff from the store and thinking, oh, I'm anemic. I'm going to take a bunch of iron. It could actually hurt you. So your first step is getting your blood drawn. Whether you find somebody like Larry and myself, where we do it at our practice, if you come into us for hair grafting, if you come into us for PRP injections, we will require blood work ahead of time. So that's an easy thing to do. Then if you find that you're nutrient deficient, we will work with you on supplementing what's there and or if the hormones are off, maybe you need hormone replacement. Maybe you're deficient in testosterone like I was. And that's why I was losing my hair and I had to replace it. And being, you know, at the time I was only in my late 30s. So I was thinking this is way too early to replace it. One of my physician friends, she finally convinced me. She's like, this is your problem. You need to do it. And as soon as I replaced the testosterone, besides feeling way better, because <laughs> I was no doubt probably pretty miserable, I quit losing my hair. And so sometimes women have to have that replaced. And the other hormone that we didn't really talk about here is estrogen. Low estrogen in women causes hair loss. Doesn't affect men as much, but in women it does. So that's why typically women, when they get into menopause, Besides their skin aging rapidly, besides gaining a ton of weight and feeling crappy, they actually lose their hair on top of it. So, you know, welcome to menopause. You're bald, fat, and uh, your skin is saggy. (laughs) Uh, Something to look forward to, huh? (laughs) I know. Well, as we age, you know, you're going to lose some hair just from aging. Mm-hmm. You know, it just that's that's in most cases that's pretty typical and and a very natural process. Yes. The idea is how to control it, and um, there are so many wonderful ways and things you can do now to mm-hmm. volumize your hair to make it healthier than it than it is now, and to take that back. And even if your hair has become thin. Mm-hmm. and miniaturized, you can many, many times take that birch tree and turn it into a redwood. Yes. So, you know, and then all of a sudden, what hair you still have, you still own, it hasn't died, the follicle hasn't died, you, you still got it, you can make look much, much better and much thicker and healthier. But the ones that have died, when you have a receding hairline, that's not coming back. Mm-hmm. No matter what products you use or any of that, that becomes a surgical procedure that we will be talking about um, in the in the next uh, uh, podcast. But that is something where you can change, and that's what I'm having done. Yes, in a few weeks. In three weeks. Yeah. So I have receding hairline. Um, I don't know, half inch, three quarters of an inch. You know, sometimes... I just thought your forehead was getting taller. Yeah, when I look at my (laughs) forehead, I I think I need two inches. You know, it's like, oh my God, my forehead is growing. And it's, yeah, my hair is going back. So it just sucks. And, you know, then I go to the back of my head and it's miserable when somebody says, wow, you're really thinning back here. You know, and they're looking (laughs) at the dome, you know, and it's like, what happened? You know, where'd all your hair go? Which it was and, not me that said that to him, by the yeah, way. Yeah, somebody. <laughs> I won't mention names. Okay. It wasn't actually me this time. Normally, I'll take credit. So, when that <laughs> happens to you, let's move on. Yeah. No, but when that happens to you, you know, you do have to kind of get a grip. Mm-hmm. You know, what am I going to do? Is this okay? Yeah. Am I going to stay <clears throat> with this? Am I going to do something that's going to make a difference for me? 
And when you hear Carol talk about why she did it and, mm-hmm. and how it affected her, you know, emotionally, physically, what she went through, all of that, I think you're going to go want to go to YouTube and watch her video. Yeah. Because it really, you know, and she researched I mean, she did a ton of research and mm-hmm. and could not find much on, you know, hair grafting for women. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, having her do a testimonial on it and kind of what she was going through, I think, will be very helpful for all you women out there. Yes. But you don't have to suffer through this. There's a no. lot of things you can do to kind of help with what you still have mm-hmm. and what you don't have. There's the procedures very, very easy. And she actually talks about that. Yeah. So and we'll be talking more about that. So yeah. uh, d- don't don't accept it is my point. You don't have to accept it. And if you're not accepting pigment on your face or fine lines or wrinkles or whatever, don't be dealing with that and then just completely forgetting about your hair because it's it seems like more people are losing hair than are keeping hair. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, when I'm talking to people that are coming in for consults, they're not always coming in for a hair consult. Mm-hmm. But they should be. Well, Carol wasn't there for hair. Yeah. She was there seeing me for something else. And, you know, I tend to chat a lot when we're in the rooms. And uh, somehow it came up and she's like, you do hair grafting here? Yeah. Out of the blue. Boom. There it was. And you're right. They don't come in asking for that, but it always comes up. Yeah. So uh, both men and women, the benefits are huge. You don't see the overall results overnight. It takes six months to a year. But wow, what a difference for Mm -hmm. you. So we want you to get excited about that. And if you're looking at yourself in the mirror and not only going through what I was going through with, you know, achy pain and and the hangovers, you know, and all the stuff with aging and how it all getting in your way. Yeah. I'm just kidding. You don't have eye bags. That that was on your list of things to say. Yeah. 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 (laughs) If your eye bags are really getting in your way, you need to you need to address that. Right, that's an emergency procedure. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, hair grafting is not an emergency procedure. But but if it's affecting you, it is almost like an emergency procedure. I mean, you know, you can get it done and make such a difference. And the minute you do something in that direction for yourself, you immediately feel better. I agree. Okay, I'm addressing it. You know, this has been bothering me for a very long time. And in our last podcast, we were talking about COVID and how it's affected people with everything from facelifts to liposuction and all the different procedures that have been done surgically and non-surgically where they had time to think about it. You know, it was theirs on their mind, hey, it's time to do something this COVID thing, I'm doing it, and the statistics have gone sky high uh, mm-hmm. for that. Well, the same is true with hair. The same is true with hair. There are more procedures being done now than ever. And, of course, the technology has gone so far. We have Smart Graft, which is fabulous. It is, you know, the smart way to do hair grafting. And we use technicians that do this all day, every day, we fly them over from L.A., and they do celebrities. They do everyone in L.A. They are really good, mm-hmm. and they know exactly how to place it and how to line it up and how to make it exactly the way you want it. And so, 
you know, th that's not our experience, so we're not going to do that. You know, have people who are really good doing that. So again, next podcast, a lot more details on that. Yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, the what I wanted to say is, of course, hair is not something that's as easy to hide as other flaws that we have. You know, typically when people are struggling with their weight gain and things like that, you can dress in different clothing to kind of mask it. When there's different issues you're struggling with on your face, you can use different makeup and things to try to cover it up and make it look better and use bronzer and highlighters and, you know, all these different things that are out there. But hair is not as easy to hide. Now, people can wear hats, but there's only so many times that hats are considered acceptable. Occasionally, you're in uh, places where you have to take them off. And I actually have a really funny story for you. So, <laughs> Well, I, I will mention baseball caps for guys. Yes. All of a sudden, guys are wearing baseball caps. They've never worn baseball caps in their life. And now they have a baseball cap on their head every day. It's like all of a sudden, it's bothering them to the point. Yes. So when you've lost, when you see it, you've lost 50%. And that's the key. And all of a sudden, oh, my God, what do I do? Oh, I grab a baseball cap. You know, so those are some of the things for guys. So I was in college. I was young. And I was out with my friends. We were drinking at a bar. And um, Surprise. I, <laughs> I met this guy. He was very cute, totally wearing a baseball cap. Um, anyways, we talked that night, whatever. Next night, we're at the same kind of bars. I was actually at one bar and my girlfriend was at the other bar next door and she ran into him and he did not have his baseball cap on and he was bald. He was George Costanza yeah. and we're young. We're in our twenties and he's like, Oh yeah, is your friend here? And my friend was like, Oh yeah. She's like, he's like, yeah, she's right next door. Why don't you go find her? I was like, Oh my gosh, he showed up. And at first I didn't know who he was. And then I was like, Oh my goodness. Thank the Lord. I did not give him my phone number. <laughs> Which I feel bad saying that now, but I mean, I, we were in college. I was shocked. And of course, I pulled my girlfriend aside later. I was like, why did you tell him where I was? She's like, just to see the look on your face. <laughs> a lot of fun and two nights in a row at the bar. Hmm. College. Hmm. Wow. Larry, I'm sure you drank a lot more than me in college than I did. But the second part of that story is when my husband was in college, he has always worn a hat and he's not losing his hair. He's fine. But one day he was sitting in class and these two girls, one of them asked him, she's like, um, would you take off your hat for a moment? And he's like, OK, yeah, why? So he took his hat off. They had a bet. They had a bet that he was bald underneath and he's not. He had a ton of hair and he's like oh, you thought I was bald? And the girls were kind of like laughing. She's like, yeah, but she's like, I didn't think you were. <laughs> <laughs> because he always has worn one, but he, that's just what he's done. But yeah, they had a bet that he was bald underneath the hat and he wasn't. So the key is finding people who are wearing hats now that didn't wear hats before. before. Yeah. Yes. So no. why, why are they wearing the hat? I, I think the, the take home on this today is um, hair is a major, major concern to, you know, 50% of men and a lot of women. Mm -hmm. And the number statistics for women are going up. Yeah. Crazy numbers. And, and women, you can't get away with the baseball cap. Yeah. Thing. And you, you know, the comb over the this or the try to make him bangs where you didn't have bangs and all the different things that you have to go through. So the numbers are going up. Don't just sit around with this and live with it. You don't yeah. have to do that. And, and I think the key to it is... Making sure that um, 
you address your hair, and there are things. We're going to talk about scalp injections. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about using PRF uh, next week, next time. We're mm-hmm. going to talk about all these different things where you're like fertilizing what you have, and boy, does it make a difference. So if, if you're not a surgical candidate or you don't want surgery, you know, there are other things you can do. And even if you do have surgery, you do need to do maintenance, you know, or enhancement. I mean, you can actually make things better and better over time. And a lot of the procedures we do in the office with PRF and exosomes and things like that make a huge difference. Yeah. And, uh, and so, you know, and it's going to, again, if you totally fertilize what you have and rebuild it, it looks like you have a lot more hair without having done much else. Yeah. And we'll get into more of the drugs and the other things you can buy over the counter that make a big difference as well. Yeah. Yep. So this podcast in the beginning, we are doing this in a two-part series, was more to educate you about what is going on, about how prevalent hair loss is how prevalent hair loss is out there amongst both men and women. And our next podcast is going to be what you can do about it. I don't know why I'm stumbling over all my words here at the end. So did you go back to your college days and go to a bar last night? (laughs) No. Okay. No, I did not. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. If we could compare my college days to his college days, I'm sure I would come out looking like a saint. So I don't even want to go there. But anyways, next time, we're going to tell you everything that you can do to fix it if you're having these hair loss problems. Yeah, so we'll we'll talk about the emotion of it. We'll get into all the things you can do, what happens, what's the time frame, so that you're very, very comfortable with the whole process. And if you have specific questions or you want to come in for a consult, we will actually show you on a big screen your hair. Yeah. You can... (laughs) Which will probably cause you to want to do something, but it, it, you know, when you see the fine hair next to a big coarse hair, well, the coarse hair is what it used to be, all of it. And now you have these tiny little threads, you know, and that is what did it for me. It's like I'm looking on I'm back on my dome and I go up to the receding hairline and I look at the hair and I do have some good hairs. But I, you know, so there are redwoods still there, but I have a lot of birch. So anyway, if you go through that and you see what it is and what's going on with it, in all likelihood, you know, we can help that. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, this wraps up today's episode. Thank you all so much for listening. And don't forget to follow us at at Clear Skin Institute um, on both Facebook and Instagram, as well as subscribe to our podcast on Apple Music, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to us. And of course, please comment and give us 10 stars if you'd like, and we will see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to What Would Larry Do? featuring Dr. Ann. Hear it live each week here or anytime 24-7 on demand at StarWorldWideNetworks.com.